Yo, yo, welcome back to Educate Ebony. I'm Ebony. And as usual, let's do a quick little recap of last week before we get into this week's episode. So last episode, I spoke to Jesse Cash and JT Cavey of Era. Really cool guys, really good chat. And they gave me two albums. So I had a lot of, a lot of homework. We had Controller by Misery Signals and The Fall of Ideals by All That Remains. For Controller, Jesse said it was an experience. So I took myself up to Mount Coot the Lookout and I watched the sunrise. I took my little speaker and it was beautiful. And then for The Fall of Ideals, JT said it was a gym album. So I went to the gym and I lifted the heavy heavy. I did some deadlifts. And this is where I say that if you want to see what I did for the listening notes, you can head to my socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all there under at Educate Ebony. If you want to check my deadlift form, if you want to see how heavy I lifted, go have a look. But in terms of the albums, I think I liked Controller just a little bit more than The Fall of Ideals. Uh, only because I feel like everything just blended a lot nicer. I don't know if this makes sense, but I feel like the vocals weren't just sitting on top of the music. They sort of merged a bit more with the music, so it was all just one sound. And I liked it. I think that um, Coma, especially the intro, that was my favorite. That was a really good song. And The Fall of Ideals, yeah, I liked it, but I just wasn't such a big fan of the unclean vocals. I don't know if, I think they just sounded a bit too pig squealy, death metally for me. Probably wasn't even that bad, but I, it just didn't click with me. I did really like their guitar solos, and I think the clean vocals were really, really nice. And I think Six was my favorite. So it was a good time, for sure. But moving on, okie dokie, for this episode of Educate Ebony, the metal edition, I would love to introduce Nikki Brumman. She is an incredible metal vocalist and you may know her previously from Pagan, where she taught us how to properly handle a bottle of red wine. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Properly or maybe not. Probably. So <laughs> and you can now see her own the stage as the new frontwoman for Norwegian band Blood Command. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to educate you. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to have you. Yes, I'm so ready. I was trying to figure out, like, I don't really know much about your music taste other than what I've heard you perform so I'm interested to hear what you've picked so yeah tell me I've chosen a, an album that it actually came out it's so weird when I looked up the date that it came out because I, I could have sworn it came out in 2017 but it actually came out in 2016 and I think just because last year was a total write-off mm. so I'm kind of right in my guess of it coming out <laughs> you know I mean, a few years ago um, and the, the album that I've chosen is by uh, the Belgian band Oathbreaker and the album is Ria, which is the album that I'm going to talk about today. It was my number one favourite album of 2016 and probably 2017 and probably even 2018. It's um, actually kind of changed my life in a lot of ways and it was yeah a really pivotal moment for me the moment I heard the album it really uh, changed my perception of heavy music that sounds really niche as well a Belgian band how did you hear of these guys like I'd already heard of them they were they'd released I think two albums before Ria and they were they're kind of a post black metal band is the oh. way that I would describe them so kind of like maybe a bit hipster black metal is the way some people describe that music, like <laughs> in the whole like death heaven thing. So they're like a post black metal band and their albums before Rhea were really, really heavy. 
and not as uh, like sort of pushing boundaries as Rhea did. The, the albums were still really good, but basically they released Rhea and it just mm. sounded totally different to the albums they'd released before. They really kept the heavy elements and the post-black metal sounds, but they incorporated it with this like ambient, almost moments of no music and just Caro, who's the vocalist, her voice, um, singing these really emotive lyrics. Like her voice was almost an instrument in itself. And, you know, I'd heard the band before, like, you know, knowing them through the heavy scene. And I kept seeing people post on social media the cover of their new album, which is sort of like these two hands rinsing this cloth in water. It's kind of what the image looks like. And automatically I was drawn to this image because I was like, I know Oathbreaker and I know they're a really heavy band, but this image, it looks like a really soft, gentle image but there was also like tension in the image. So it automatically, like it just really intrigued me to give that album a listen. And the image itself, it really perfectly sums up the album, which is like really special and unique in itself because it's like a beautiful parts of the album and really soft and delicate moments mixed with this like angry tension, which is like the hands rinsing the bit of cloth. So, yeah, it's like automatically every piece of the album goes so perfectly and beautifully together and it's like really well-rounded off album, even down to the, the album artwork. That's so cool. Obviously, this sounds like a very instant recognition of a great album. Was it that way or did it take a few listens to actually be like, oh, I see the similarities and everything? No, it was like the minute I heard the first track, I was <laughs> like, I was there. It quite literally changed my life. Like it was one of those albums. I remember where I was when I heard it. I remember where I was walking. I remember like what time of day it was. And I think I was even crying when I was listening oh. to it. And it was while I was going through a breakup or something like really shit was happening in my life. And everything she was singing I found really relatable and every song just like goes so perfectly into the next song which also as a side note that sort of an album is my favorite type of album when there's a really clear through line perhaps a really clear premise or theme in an album and therefore each song it's almost like the album is one big song altogether because it's like every single song goes back to this theme and weaves into each other. And that's the way that it felt when I listened to Ria. I really felt like I just listened to this like piece of art from start to finish. There was no need for me to stop at any point. It was just like everything went through to each other so well. And it was like a moment where I realised heavy music it doesn't have to be heavy like there's even heavy moments in that album where it's just vocals which aren't even screaming she's actually singing and it's sort of even the most heavy part of the album in a way it's really special the way it's done and it's yeah really moved me in a lot of ways and lyrically she 
pushes the boundary so much. It's, it's so personal to the point that you're like, I don't even really know what she's talking about here because it's so personal. It's like, it sounds like a really personal story, but you can take from it the pain and the the trauma because of the way she's delivering the lyrics. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like performance-wise, it's like so perfect. I, I really can't speak higher of the album. I'm obviously like <laughs> really trying to sell it, <laughs> I love it to you so right much. <laughs> I swear they haven't paid me to tell you the listen <laughs> No, it's, it's interesting how you say that um, even when she's singing and it's not heavy, heavy, that is the heaviest moment because of the lyrics and I think for some people I think for me especially I don't hear the lyrics the first time around like I hear hear it all as a as a whole musical soundscape and if it sounds heavy then I feel like it's heavy but when you go and listen to it again and I focus on the lyrics that's where it hits home a lot more when you realize what stuff is about totally and I think as well because there are those soft vocal moments it enhances the parts where she screams and the parts where like the the music actually kicks in and you know you've got like the blast beats and the really heavy guitars it enhances that even more because of the gentle moments without the music in the background so they've been really clever with playing with dynamics and juxtapositions and like the contrast in the sound so it, and as well, it, it can, it's a really engaging album because you're not just listening to like screaming for 45 minutes. You're also yeah. listening to this light and shade, which mm. I think is a really clever, a really clever thing with heavy music. It's still a freaking heavy album, but not every song is just blast beats the whole way through, you know? Amazing. Did you think this, because uh, you said it was an impactful album for you, did it impact Pagan's first album, Blackwash? Yeah, totally impacted. Um, That's what was so pivotal for me. It it made me see that with heavy music, you don't just need to write songs about hail fucking Satan. (laughs) You can write songs about something really, really personal and lyrics that are actually quite beautiful or really meaningful to you. And if it's special to you and you really believe what you're saying or you have something to say or you have this important message you want to get across that is the most important thing and it really changed my perception of the way that I I wrote my lyrics you know I no longer wanted to write lyrics for other people to necessarily be able to relate to I found that if I wrote something that I really believed and that that it's something personally that had really happened to me like you know heartbreak for example which is essentially what Pagan's album Blackwash was about. Mm. People are going to relate to it anyway because I'm I'm coming from such a place of truth that they're going to be able to take something from that, even if it is a personal story. And I think there's so much more to say than trying to please people with like writing something cool. You know, write something really truthful to you. This album um, really showed me that. It was yeah, it was really changed my idea of what heavy music can be that's exciting so are you experimenting more with blood command yeah for sure I well that's a really good question because with blood command it's actually pushed me to do a lot more clean vocal stuff oh exciting pagan I didn't sing I just screamed everything (laughs) and as I've matured I've found that you know there's equal power in singing as screaming and it's been 
you know, this amazing way to push me out of my comfort zone as well, that I've really been working hard in vocal training to get up to scratch for the recording we've been doing. And I'm really proud of myself because in the past with Pagan, I I didn't want to sing because I didn't I ever thought of myself as a singer. Mm. I always thought of myself as, you know, a heavy vocalist. Yeah. And with Blood Command, when I got the opportunity, I was like, there's this is a really good chance and opportunity for me to actually really push myself and, you know, I can sing and I wanna work on it and I wanna be the best and um, most dynamic vocalist that I can be. So yeah, it's really good with Blood Command I've been able to do that. And I'm really excited for people to see other sides of my vocals. That's so exciting, especially when an album is that influential. It just opens up so many more doors, I think. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it really is an album that I put on very frequently and I just like absolutely it's stunning. I even did some research into it a while ago because I wanted to know what she was you know, singing, singing about, about yeah. in, like particularly the opening track. And um, it's a, you know, the, the album is about a friend that she lost to suicide. And when you listen to it with that in mind, the power behind her delivery, you can really feel the pain and the performance that the whole band give you can just feel what they're trying to say and the message that they're trying to say about depression and suicide and the portrayal of that through the pain that she's giving in the performance. It's so on point. I think that's maybe why it resonated with me so much as well, because like, you know, losing someone close to you, you feel the pain through the music. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. It's a a very heavy album. It's a dark album. It's definitely not like a party album. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) It's, yeah, by far my favourite and most pivotal metal album I've ever listened to. Interesting. So do you think that if you'd heard it at not such a emotionally challenging time in your life, do you think it would still have the same impact? Yeah, I do because technically it's just so on point and everybody in the band is just amazing at what they do and it's just a good album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's an interesting point as well because, Something that I would really recommend if you want to listen to the album and, you know, drawn to listen to the album after me talking about it, I would really suggest, and to people listening to the podcast as well, I would really suggest looking at their, they do one of those live audio tree sessions. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's like a YouTube filmed thing, but it's also like a really great recording of a live album, like it's an in-studio live session. And they do a performance and it is absolutely flawless. Like I'm talking, it sounds better than the album. So even that in itself, like even watching them, like they're all really in the zone. And Caro, the singer, she has like her hair, she has like really long hair and I think she's got like a hood on or something. And she's got her hair in her face for the whole performance. <laughs> like you can't, she looks like a, almost like just like this shadowy figure with hands just screaming and like, you know, singing like beautifully in parts. But you can't actually see her face for the entire performance, but it's so engaging and captivating. 
And that's proof that her performance in her vocal is so powerful. You don't even need to see her an expression on her face or her engaging with the camera for it to be so captivating. Like it really, they're really on at prime, prime, prime of being a band when they release this album. Oh my gosh. Sounds like a, one of those live art shows. Yeah, it's it's so I can't explain. It's so cool. That live session is so cool. Like you really should watch it if you want to really know what I mean by the the power in the um delivery yeah. of the vocals. Yeah, it's it's cool. Oh, I definitely will. And I have you know formed the habit of asking this question now because it's just so interesting what people say. Um, and this sounds like a very intense album. What are my listening notes? How should I listen to it? Or where should I be? What should I be doing? That's a very good question and I think definitely be alone and maybe okay. um, if you go for a walk and if you do what I do, what I did when I first heard it, go for a walk somewhere on your own with your headphones in outside in like dusk. That's in what dusk. I would say. Like when the, <laughs> the sun is kind of setting and give it a listen and I think the album will resonate with you really well, maybe in like a nature setting, like if you've got like a creek or something near your house. Oh, that's a beautiful image. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I would suggest. But if you can't be bothered doing that, just chuck on the YouTube version of that audio tree and you of the audio tree live and you will you will love it. I can assure you. <laughs> I will definitely be doing both. That's the you might whole love point. It, I'm sure you'll appreciate it or you might at least understand what I've said about it. That's amazing. Well, it definitely sounds like this album is going to stand up in future years regardless because, you know, technique never changes and skill never fades. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Um, especially for us non-musical folk who can't really play an instrument or – you know, not aren't really in with the, what do they call it, like the drop ease or I don't really understand. <laughs> but, you know, is there like an aspect of this album that you as a musician take note of or have realised that either other people might overlook? I think it's the power, like as I was saying earlier, my opinion is that there's so much power in just vocal without um, music behind it and the power in that like there doesn't always have to be so much noise and that to me is something that sets this album aside from other heavy metal albums or black metal albums is that the really good thing about this album is that a vocal can just sit on its own and that's enough without anything else really going on behind it um, and also that her scream is just so freaking gnarly. Like no just one can goals. really scream like her. It's just so good. It's oh. like demonic, amazing screaming, like <laughs> way better than any dude could ever do. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Oh, well, it sounds like there we have it. The one metal album that Nikki Broomin thinks that you and I should listen to is Rhea by Oathbreaker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Nikki, for your wisdom. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. Thanks, Ebony. Hail fucking Satan.